To the On the Mic with Eddie podcast. All righty, welcome back to another episode of On the Mic with Eddie. I'm Eddie, your host, and today I got someone pretty special. Today, um, we have Elmer S. Elmer Escobar from. And now, forgive me, Elmer. Is it Tank Photo or TNK Photo? It's technically it's TNK Photo. But that right there, what you're saying is going to preface what I'm going to explain later, why you think it's tank photo. Got it. Got it. So, Elmer, you are a photographer. Uh, I read a little bit about your bio on your website, you know, originally from uh, New York. So you're an East Coast guy. Um, you know, I mean, I guess let's just dip in and I mean, tell me a little bit about who you are, your background and and why you got even got into photography or how you even got into photography let's go with that one first there's a lot of stories there but i'll try to i'll try to kind of minimize it so yes i'm i grew up in new york um but i'm actually i was born in el salvador so i was born in a different country and then at seven eight years old my parents decided to bring us to to the u.s for a better life so they brought us to new york because that's where they were living they they moved um they kind of came to this country a few years earlier and then we lived with our grandparents and then we got, you know, got sent to New York. I always say like, it's a prison sentence because <laughs> I did not care to be in New York. I don't know why, dude, it never felt like home. Like it just felt like a place that I lived, but I'm like, it, did, it didn't feel like home. Um, that's why I live in California now because I visited California in 2007 and I really enjoyed the weather here. I enjoyed, you know, people are, the, the pace is a little bit slower. It doesn't feel as crazy. Um, so I like that. And that ties in with photography because um, while I was living in New York, I was already shooting over there for a living. And one thing that I've been telling people lately, actually, I, I told somebody this this week, is between November and March in New York, I was shooting maybe like one event the entire time because the weather is just, it's not conducive for photo shoots. So I thought about it. I'm like, wait, I can live in a place that feels like home. Everyone speaks English there. And, you know, I can continue doing what I did for a living like I did in New York. It was a, the only thing I regret, Eddie, is not moving here sooner because I went home and I finished college because I was going to school for photography and then I came back. What I should have done is gone back, quit, packed my bags and came back. But, you know, you live and you learn. How old were you when you decided to move to California? Uh, I was 24. I had just turned 25 when I moved. So the the main thing with that is that I remember being young now that I'm 38. I can look back and say that I was young. And I thought, I don't want to be 40 years old and regret not doing something. I would rather go and fail and then have to come back than live here for the rest of my life and then regret that, damn, at 24, I wanted to do something and I didn't do it because I was scared. So one day I said, screw it. I packed up my things in a two-seater sports car, packed up whatever I could in there, and I drove across the country. And I said, I'll figure it out when I get there. And uh, you know, so far, so good. I, and I think probably because, you know, being from El Salvador, you probably were probably the weather was probably a little closer in California than it is in New York. Uh, mm -hmm. I think myself, oh. you know, mm -hmm. I'm from Mexico and the area I'm from, like, I'm loving this humidity right now. We have right now because it reminds <laughs> me of home. So it's 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 I could never see myself found in anywhere that is it's hot. 
I mean, Colt, sorry, I could not see myself. I, I, I need, I need the, the heat. I need the, the, I love the humidity. I don't care about the dryer. We, we, I think you and I kind of been messaging back each other for a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Palm Springs, I, it was 115. And when I went, it was 115 plus 50% humidity. Mm -hmm. So I enjoyed that. So I can see why you said, you know, California fits more my, my needs and wants. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things you said was, you know, being in, in New York, you saw that between, uh, I want to say you said November and March, um, it was hard to, there was not enough weddings for you to shoot, correct? Exactly. I I mean, here in California or anywhere other than New York, you have more, um, I just, I think, I think New York very kind of like sardine can. So, um, when you're out on a shoot in New York, how did that differ from being out here in a shoot here in California? Well, I mean, I grew up in New York, but I think what everyone's perception of New York is, is just the city. I lived about 30 minutes out of it. So the best way that I can describe it, and I've seen a like a meme, a map of it, is like LA is like New York City, and then Orange County is like Long Island. And I grew up in Orange County. So I would shoot in the, you know, Orange County, quote unquote, I would shoot in the city from time to time. And what it did, honestly, dude, it kind of makes you like it helps because there are times where like I'm shooting here in L.A. or I'm shooting in Orange County or whatever. And like we'll go in the middle of the street and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like I don't think of it that much because they're like, is it safe? I'm like, yeah, we'll be fine. Because I think of when we're shooting in the middle of the city and we're getting cursed out by cab drivers and all this because we're blocking traffic. I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know, it kind of makes you a little bit more daring, I guess, in some ways. Um I'm, I would say I'm not your typical New Yorker because I'm not so high strung. Like I, I go back there sometimes and I go, I can't live here anymore. Like it's just I, I need a more and I've always felt this like I need a slightly more relaxed lifestyle. I can't have this like, you know, constant craziness. Uh, but I think it shaped me. I think that it, it definitely, you know, gave me a slightly different work ethic, especially when I was younger, um, that maybe at a younger age I wouldn't have had if I was in a place where it was more comfortable, let's say. So no more New York. Hell no. No, <laughs> no I'll, I'll listen. I'll go visit. I'll go and shoot when I need to go shoot. Um, but like as far as like last year, I will say I went on the trip and it was fun. Um, but I, I'll never move back. No, definitely not. It's just the weather alone. I'd be like, hell no, not happening. Yeah, I think that I think that's the turnoff for most people on the West Coast. You know, just the weather alone, they'd be happy to go check it out, you know, and visit mm -hmm. during, you know, those cold months, you know, but knowing you're going to come back in, you know, four or five days, you're okay with it. Exactly. It's like I always say, when the cold comes to you, you know, that's annoying because you're, you, you're stuck with it. But when you go to the cold, all right, because you exactly what you're saying, like you'll leave, you'll come back and, and everything is, is nice again. Um, so yeah, I don't, if we move, cause we have been kicking the idea around, um, I, it wouldn't be to New York. Definitely not. And you do reside in Orange County? I, in, uh, Signal Hill. So by like right on the, you know, oh, close so to Long Beach area. So Long it's like Beach. on the border. Okay. Gotcha, I, this gotcha. is about as far Eddie as I'll go into LA County. I, I, I can't go to LA. It's too much and for me. Signal Hill is a nice area though. Cause you got, you're on, essentially you're on the North side of, of Long Beach. But it's you're a on the quieter, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. There's, so some, there's still moments, you know, that that like, hmm, let's go check outside. But you know, generally speaking, it is quieter here. Yeah. 
Nice. And then uh, you mentioned, you know, that you went to school in uh, New York. Um, did you originally go to school to become a photographer in photography? So leading in the major of photography or what did, well, how did that come about? So yeah, that's a good question. Originally I started undecided because my parents, they were very much about education because, you know, they, they had like a, every what? immigrant family is exactly right. You yeah. know, they had a fifth, fourth grade education. So they go, you know, my kid needs to go to college. Fair enough. So I went undecided because I didn't want to jump into something that I didn't want to do and then switch over. I knew that or at least at that young age, I'm, I thought I knew like, if you're picking a major, more than likely, you're going to change it two years later, because you're leaving high school, you have all these influences from high school. That's not really who you are. It's just a collection of influences of who you hang out with. So I knew that most people, you're, yeah, you say you have a major, but it's probably going to change. So I went undecided to get the prerequisites out of the way. And then I figured, okay, business seems like nobody that goes, nobody that goes to school for business went because they have a passion for it. All right. I went to school for business and I'm like, I guess this sounds all right. So I'll do this. And very soon into it, I realized I was editing photos at three o'clock in the morning instead of doing my econ homework. So I go, hmm. I was 19, but at 19, 20, I was like, you know what? I, um, I know I, I don't know if I if I'll make be able to make a living with this, but I'm sure gonna give it a try. So I, I called my mom and I said, listen, I don't want to keep doing business. This there's nothing here that I that sparks any sort of interest. Um, I want to do photography and I want to see what I can do with it. And at first she said no. And my argument was: listen, a doctor who has a degree but doesn't go to work or doesn't apply himself is not gonna make anything in an entire year. And the same thing with a photographer. If I don't apply myself, I'm not gonna make a living out of this. But if I do apply myself, just like, you know, if a doctor uses their degree and actually goes to work, I think I'm going to be fine. A day later, she calls me back and says, OK, you can quit school. We'll help you out with, you know, switching over to photography as your major um, with the convincing of my aunt. So every time I see my aunt, I always give her a big hug and I thank her. Um, and yeah, that's when I, I switched over to photography. And um, and then, you know what, Eddie, I did quit school photography. A semester before graduating, I got my I got my associates, and I was going for my bachelor's in fine arts, and in a, a semester shy of graduating, I said, "This is nonsense." Again, another regret that I have is not quitting earlier, because in a creative field, dude, like no amount of school is going to give you passion for what you do. So while they're giving us homework assignments to go and shoot, okay, I'll I'll go do them, but I'm going out and shooting anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like I was already, I was shooting seven days a week, not just when the teacher was giving me homework to go shoot. And I think I remember you you talking about it actually in uh, in the podcast you have with Scott Stockton um, on Flashing People Podcast. Is I remember specifically you guys talking about, and I think you mentioned it about how you don't believe that necessarily going to school for photography is needed, not beneficial, but you said not needed, and exactly. I think I think it's I kind of agree with you because it's changing so much. The photography industry is changing drastically. Um, I mean, from when I went, I went so I went to school and I changed my major 600 times. Uh, I originally went into become a teacher and then that didn't work out. Then I said, OK, I'm going to go into graphic design. And then uh, that led for me to fall in love with Photoshop and not Illustrator. And I said, then, and then I fell in love with photography. I picked up a mm -hmm. 35 millimeter 
actually picked up so a 35 millimeter. Uh, this is a 35 millimeter Nikon N6006, and it is a this one has a prime lens, a 50 millimeter lens with 1.8 aperture. Oh, I that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and the only reason why I picked it up was because a friend of mine lent me his, very similar to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw how much it changed so much. So I actually changed from one community college to another community college only because they had shut down the dark room. I mm-hmm. fell in love with the dark room. I fell in love with the, the wet process. I fell in love with the black and white, the um, zone system Mansell Adams did. And that, that was the big thing that I fell in love with, with black and white photography. So I, I kind of agree with your statement on that podcast um, as far as you don't need it. I think it's a good stepping stone to learn some of the basics of mm-hmm. aperture, shutter speed, you know, ISO, what those three have to do with anything in photography and how they all um, have an effect in your photograph. Um, and mm-hmm. I think, and I think that's a big thing. And I agree with you 100%. So you quit a semester before mm-hmm. and what happened? Well, you know, the the moment that got me, there was two moments, but one specifically, I love shooting with off-camera lighting. And, um, you know, for people that aren't too familiar with photography, off-camera lighting simply means using a flash that's not attached to your camera to shape the scene, to make it look way different than what it actually looks like, or to kind of add a little bit of light so the background doesn't just blow out. Or There's many different uses for it, right? But um, even like right now, the setup that I have in here, this is all off-camera lighting, if you if you will, because I'm adding the color in the back. I'm you know, using soft light in the front. But um, I, I remember there we were like, it was like a third year in because I had already done my two years at community college. That's where I got my associates. And now I was at the Fashion Institute in New York. And so we're like three, three and a half years deep. And they're like, all right, guys, we're going to show you how to use off-camera lighting. And I'm looking around like, if you're not playing with this at this point, like, what the hell are we doing here, guys? Like, it's like, it almost annoyed me that nobody's out here experimenting. And like, not, I don't care what anybody does, dude. But to me, I went, I'm already doing this. We're already playing with this. Like I had friends that we would go upstate, like upstate New York and like photograph like these abandoned hotels from like the 1970s and 1960s and like play around with lighting and portraits and all this. And I'm like, that's when it clicked. I'm like, school is everyone's here or a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people are just waiting to be spoon fed the next subject where if you're passionate about something and you really want to learn something, you're going to get out there and you're going to grab a shovel and you're going to scoop in as much information as you can. You know, a big portion of uh, the information that I learned was at Barnes and Noble. Me and my friend Laney, we used to go to Barnes and Noble and we would read magazines to see what like the new stuff is and all that. And we would and I would also read the books to learn more of the basics and all that. This is what I was doing when I was 19, 20. I wasn't out getting drunk. I wasn't you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this is what I enjoyed. Now that I say it out loud, I've never really thought about that. I'm like, yeah, a lot of people were out partying and doing all this bullshit. Like, this is what me and, and Laney were doing. So. Um, that's when I said, I'm like, yeah, this, this is ridiculous. I don't need to come to, to school. And then one morning I woke up, there's the second thing. And it was cold as hell out. I'm talking, it was probably like 10 degrees out. And it was like, you know, 630 in the morning. I had to get on a train to go to the city. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. So I called my friend, uh, Katie, and I go, hey, Katie, um, yeah, I'm not going to school anymore. And she was in school with me also, at same, same school. And she's like, oh. All right, you coming tomorrow? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm done. I'm like, I'm, I'm done. This is it for me. <laughs> and um, she's like, oh, all right then. I'm like, yeah, hit me up. We'll grab lunch when you get back. 
And that was it. I'm like, I'm not wasting my time running out there. And at this point, Eddie, I was already assisting a, a wedding photographer in New York. So, you know, I was already learning a lot on the field. And this is why I'm so adamant about, you know, don't worry about school. Come with us. We'll teach you what you need to know as far as as much as we all know, because I know, you know, a good amount of things. But collectively with the 15 of us or more, if you count the assistants, we're going to collectively feed you information a lot quicker and a lot more efficiently and things that we're actually applying in the field, not theory. It's things that we deal with on a weekly basis. Um, so that's why, you know, anybody that comes with us, I'm like, we're going to teach you everything we know. And that's why I'm also very adamant about who we hire, because if I'm going to feed somebody really, you know, all the information that we know, I want that person to be someone that, for example, Eddie, you know, we shot your brother's wedding. If I'm sending someone out there or if they're shooting for themselves, I want them to go out there and actually give a damn about your family. You know what I mean? And that to me is more important than any stupid numbers that I can teach you about a camera. I need you to go out there and actually care about these people because they're a, they're paying you well to be out here and B they trust you that you're going to be able to work your butt off and make sure that you, you capture all these moments for them. In order for you, know, you to be invested in them, they have to be invested in the trade. And actually trade, want in, to dedicate themselves and actually want to learn and um, be told and, and be able to understand the constructive criticism that one may give him. Because a lot of people out there who you tell them, hey, next time, maybe do this. Mm-hmm. And then they get, oh, the hell do you know? You know, what are you, you don't know. This is my style. It's like, well, it might be your style, but you got to bring it down just a little bit on A, B or C. And, you know, that that's a great point, too, is I prefer to have somebody that's a, a blank canvas than somebody that comes in already with maybe not as good habits. So if you come in as a blank canvas, we can teach you everything in six months. You could be shooting for us from not knowing really too much to actually shooting with us um, instead of somebody that comes in and they're like, oh, well, we should do it this way and we can do that. And I'm just like, I listen, go ahead and, and tell me what what you think. Let's try it out. And then if you're already telling me something that we've already tried and we've already tried several times and it doesn't work, I'm not here to argue with anybody. So I'll let you know and I'll tell you a story. Back in 2014, we tried to do this. And after we did this, this happened. I never just tell somebody, Eddie, no, we're not doing it like that because I say so. That's not a leader. A leader is, listen, I understand your input and we've tried that. And unfortunately, this is what happened in that situation. And then the client was upset about this couple. I hate using the word client. Um, Then the couple was upset about this. And then we had to do this in order to remedy the situation. So it just it doesn't seem to work better. Now, here is a better way of doing it, we think. And then we explain it to them. So I'm never like a tyrant where I go, no, we're doing it how I said, dude, everybody, you might put something new in my brain that I never thought of. I, and I see that in, that's in every business because that is a business sense. You know, um, I work in the industry where I, I, I help run a company. And every time I get a new manager in my in my under my wings and they come with all these amazing ideas and I have to come up with the way of telling them we tried that idea in such and such mm-hmm. year. And here's how it happened. Now, if mm-hmm. you have a different approach for it. That is not doing these things and for give it to me, throw it my way. I'll be happy to listen to you. So exactly. And and the beautiful thing is at that point, Eddie, uh, you also it exposes 
if they have ego because someone with no ego or you know a, a dialed in ego is going to go okay that's a very fair explanation i understand why you're saying that that makes sense someone with an ego is going to go no i think we should still do it it's like well thank you for coming <laughs> <laughs> and i don't think we'll see you again dude there's been several people that have come and tried out and i'm just like this, there's a saying that i always like to use is it's not that i don't want you to eat i just you're not you're not going to eat at our table i hope you eat at that table but it's just not going to be with us and that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like I, I tell somebody they can't join us and and I hope everything bad happens to them. No, like, dude, that's not going to affect me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But what I what I do have to protect is the peace within my team. So if I send an assistant with Derek and that assistant I had issues with, why would I send them now with another photographer so they can have issues? You know what I mean? It's just going to uh, muddy the waters even more. You're going like to make more. it. it yep. It's just going to spread. Um, and, you know, going back a little bit to what you were saying, you know, uh, you were in New York, you quit college, you told your friend, hey, it's not going to happen no more. <laughs> you're already working with a, you're already assisting a wedding photographer. Um, how long before you think, before you, you're, you're telling yourself, hey, you know what? I, I can do this on my own now. Um, is that before you moved to California or is that while you're still in New York? You know what, dude, that took years because I, I don't know why, like I put so much importance in somebody's day that I never wanted to tarnish my reputation early on for short-term gain for money. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. there were several people who hit me up and they asked me, you know, can you shoot my wedding? Can I shoot? And I would say no, because I didn't feel like I was up to, you know, up to par. And one of the reasons was that the the um, the photographer that I was assistant, he assisting, he was tremendous. He is tremendous. He's still shooting and he was extremely talented. So to me, I go, if I'm not that level of photographer, I should not be touching people's weddings. And until I felt like confident that I could do a really good job, that's when I said, OK, I'll I'll start taking them. But still, I was shooting for the most part. I was shooting for um, shooting for other studios for a good amount of time, um, you know, learning experience, not just shooting Eddie, but also learning what I liked about their business and also what, what did, I didn't like. like about their business. So yeah. this is one thing that I tell, you know, my, my team all the time. This is a collection of things that I've learned from a bunch of different studios. So, for example, there are some studios that if you shoot for them, let's say, Eddie, like you would shoot for our, stu our studio, right? And if we had the policy that some studios have, you would shoot for us and then you would never be allowed to use your photos again. Like those photos that you took, you would never be able to use them. So to me, I go as a photographer, where's your incentive to be creative? Because right. if they're just going to get locked up in a vault, that's just a paycheck for the day, right? So to me, I, my middle ground is you're allowed to post them. You're allowed to use them. Just make sure you credit us on social media. Um, on your website, you can remove our logo. You can use them. Yourself. You don't have to mention us at all. But on social media, just make sure you mention us if you shot that for us. Um, which I think is, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's the most fair thing that I was able to come up with. It's a, it's a, it's a way of, of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A way of showing people who you did this with. Who is to... Yeah who had, I don't know what the word I'm trying to think. I'm going to stumble on my words here, but I understand it because now you're, you're now the studio is being credited for 
you know, the work you're doing. And actually that, that benefits the photographer even more because now, oh, what? Let me see what the what T and K is all about. Oh, wow. They have yeah. A, B and C and D. Oh, that means that means this photographer must be that great. And the idea is also, you know, branding, right? So if if let's say you have a friend that that shoots for us, you may not hire us, even though that person shoots for us. But the fact that they're associated with us, if we do have a really great portfolio and we really have a great company, it makes them look good, too. You know what I'm saying? So like that's kind of that's why I'm so protective about our brand, because it, it also reflects on you and it reflects on us. It goes, you know, it always goes it, it goes back and forth. Um, but yeah, that, that's, again, another example of why I try to find like that that middle yeah. where everybody's happy from learning from other other studios. Because there were some studios that same thing with me, like I would shoot for them. And I wasn't allowed to use a photo. So then I go, then what, what is my incentive here? Yes, I care about people as humans, you know, but at the same time, I still want to build my portfolio. I still want to grow from this. Um, and then as far as, you know, branching off on my own, that I'll summarize it in 45 seconds. Time me. <laughs> no, so uh, my, my girl, we moved to Arkansas for two years. And when I got there, this was 2013. And when I got there, I realized, wait a minute, I've been shooting for studios everywhere in California. I've been shooting for studios in New York. If I go to Arkansas, no offense to anybody that lives in Arkansas or anything like that, but I looked around and I went, I can There's compete no here. I, I, can, I can do it here. And because my style was very different than what I was seeing there. Everything there was very bright, very blurry backgrounds, you know, that light and airy kind of look, which is beautiful, but that's not necessarily my style. Very earthy, very, right. a lot of fields, so, a lot of stuff. Exactly. So I, I leaned into the the night, you know, like cinematic type of look. And I said, well, let me see how this does. Dude, I ended up booking like 30 weddings within like, you know, we did a bridal show. And from that bridal show, we ended up booking like 30 weddings that first year. And, and you know, translating that to money, it tripled or quadrupled my income. I went, well, this is what I'm doing now. <laughs> so that's how that started. And then while sticking to that whole uh the theme of your style of what you saw in comparison to what's in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. um, what is, what was some of your photography um, inspiration? Like, like obviously you, obviously you learned a lot from New York. You had a creative aspect to it. And that's why you said, you know what? I'm tired of people telling me what to shoot and how to shoot it. I'm going to do it my own way with the knowledge I've already had it. However, there's always an inspiration, right? You know, there's always mm -hmm. something like you go, okay, I want my shot to look something similar to this. And then how do I get that effect? What was your inspiration as far as the photography, just in, in general, not necessarily the style or the technique, but just in photography, I guess. I know it's a very not broad question, very specific, but we'll get into the other parts of it afterwards. There's you know, it's a good question because there's several elements. Um, one, like I said, Barnes and Noble, we would go Barnes and Noble and we would see, you know, I would look at magazines and I would get inspiration from that. And then I would go, okay, how do we recreate this shot? So, you know, like we would go out and try to find something similar and try to shoot something very similar to, to kind of learn from that and like reverse engineer it. Right. Um, secondly, you remember the show Top Gear? I don't know if you know yeah, Top Gear. On Discovery from, Channel? From the UK. It was a car Yeah. Show. So I, think so, yeah. I, I didn't make the correlation until years later, but I've always liked the wide shots that they did. 
And I always like the deep colors that they use. They were very saturated. So if you look at like their earlier seasons, everything was pretty wide and everything like like the moving shots and stuff. And everything was very saturated and, and colorful. So you're I you're talking about early you're talking about early two thousands, like like yeah, mid to early two like thousands. Early to mid two thousands, yep. Yeah. And everything was very like colorful and all that. So a lot of inspiration without even knowing it is seeped in because I would always watch Top Gear when I would come home from a wedding on a Sunday because that's when it was playing. So um, that I think played into it. And then there was a, a website, which I don't, I think it's still around Flickr. Do you remember Flickr or my, yeah, I know it was part of Yahoo thing. So it was a very <laughs> Yahoo thing. I, I, I was a member. I'm not a lot. I paid the, the pro membership back in 2000 and like six, seven, eight, nine, you know, exactly. So around those times um, and that was basically like, if you think Instagram, I guess, it was very similar to that, but it was photographers. So I would, you know, look at stuff there and save stuff and like off camera lighting. I would search for that and like save those photos. And then my friend Lainey, Steve, like we would go out to like, like I said, upstate New York and we'd be shooting around. We'd bring our lights with us. And yeah, dude, like it's just having fun with it. You know, Flickr, Flickr's what got me into uh, HDR um, photo photography. That's, <laughs> yep, that's essentially I what it is. I saw a picture. Uh, and I won't re I won't forget it was a picture of a tractor and it looked like it was at nighttime. And I just thought, wow, there's so much detail in these darks and there's so much detail in these lights. How the heck did they do it? And then I, that's when I started yep. researching. I was like, huh, what is bracketing? And I like, looked at it. It's like, wait a minute. My yep, SLR yep. has an auto bracketing function. Let me check what this is about. So I completely yep. understand that. I mean, it was like I think you described it pretty well on Instagram early instagram but it wasn't so much a social media like likes thing it was more like a community of uh um kind of like uh, model mayhem for a while model mayhem was very big mm -hmm. for people who were trying to get into the modeling side of things and more like a community like a photographer community aspect and it yep. was really good it was really really good so and um you know those what? wide shots i know you're talking very very cinematic very theatrical you know yep. i you know, I can I can see that with your photography now. To be honest, I mean, uh, we'll go into it more <laughs> a little bit, but I, there are some shots that I do I do love from from your your portfolio, and I really really enjoy. Um, but and then that kind of goes into the same style. So you like that cinematic style? Is there anything you want to else you add to that style, or that's pretty much what touch base on? I mean, you know what it is is ninety five percent of the photos that we shoot don't look like that. You know what I'm saying? Like. 5% of them are those funky wides with the colorful lights and all this stuff. 95% of the day, we're just capturing what's going on. We're just capturing, we're documenting. So there's and a lot of hoping you get a that. good shot. You know, the, hoping just you just get moment. a shot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then yeah. the 5% the we create, you know what I mean? So the, to be honest, dude, the 5% is the easy part because I already know we're going to backlight front light. Those are the numbers that we're going to use more or less. Like, you know, you kind of know it after a certain point. But the rest of the day is just that it's a beautiful surprise, you know, like the first look, you know, with dad, we don't know what that reaction is going to be like, but we're going to make damn sure that we're opposite angles to get both reactions. First look, you know, bride and groom, we're going to, we don't know how the reaction is going to be. There are times where we think that the groom is just going to be stoic and just isn't going to give us anything. And my man starts crying immediately. And it's a, like that to me is the best. It's like getting that that like you know that reaction that you didn't expect. Um, so yeah, it's just you know 
like I said, most of the And then I think a lot of that is learned through trial and error, though, too. You know, uh, I think, you know, probably not, maybe not now, but um, can you remember of instance where you had like an epic fail in your early photography career where you're like, you like, you felt that, I don't say everything was failing, but you're yeah. like, oh, shit, you know, this happened. I think maybe, maybe very early on was a little overwhelming making sure that families were taken care of because that's the only portion where they're where let's say i'm in the kitchen and i'm cooking right that's the only time where three other cooks come in four other cooks come in, cooks come in and they want to start throwing you know different spices into the recipe mm-hmm. and i'm talking about parents so it took a I while want this shot can i get this shot with uncle yep. from from who came from out of the country and he traveled or she tried Yep. Yep. But you know what it is also like I learned to let the like preemptively let the bride and groom know that we're only going to be doing immediate family photos at first. And then once we get immediate family, which is just parents, siblings, spouses and kids and grandparents, if you know, we're lucky enough to have them. um, Once we do those, then we can do whatever combination you want. You can give me a list or you can, you know, have your mom if that's what whatever you guys want. But there's always a trade-off, right? Opportunity cost is a thing. So if we're going to do more families, understand that now we're going to sacrifice doing more um, portraits with you guys. So as long as you're okay with it, this is my thing also, Eddie, is I always give people a choice. I never tell you what to do. I just tell you, if we do this, this will happen. If we do this, this will happen. Which option would you prefer? Because we can't have everything in this world. So it's one or the other. Um so I would say, yeah, like that was in the beginning, definitely more a stressful thing, right? And I probably put that stress more on myself than anything, because now when I think about it, if all you want to do is family photos, listen, you paid for us to be there. If that's what you want, let's do the family photos. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't put that undue pressure on myself anymore. And this was a moment. I have one more story, in two, which relates to this. In 2014, there was a couple who flew us from Arkansas down to Arizona and I was shooting their wedding and I remember shooting like family photos after family photo after family photo during the reception. And I go in my ego was saying, you flew us, you know, a few thousand miles to come and shoot your wedding. Let's go and do something creative. Right. And then the human and business side of Elmer went and I just talked in third person. I'm sorry to everybody, but you know, uh, the business and, and human side went, they're paying you X amount per hour. And all you have to do is hit a button, hit a button, hit a, and they're happy. So just keep doing that. You know what I mean? Like, don't make life more complicated than it has to be. If that's what makes them happy, give them what makes them happy. Give them one. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it reminds me a little bit about, um, so I shot one, one, one wedding in my entire life. Um, and that told me that I never want to shoot a wedding again. I was going to say that it scarred you for life. Yeah. Cause <laughs> and, and not in a negative way. It just, I, yeah. I felt this is not me. This I was a lot of fun. I did it. I did it absolutely for free for a friend of mine. I, mm-hmm. I told him that I, I told him ahead of time, Hey, look, we're still learning. I, I had rented equipment. This is, Oh God, this is uh 2011, 2013, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, I think the hottest camera out there was the, the Canon, 5d marked two mm-hmm. i think it was i want to say mm-hmm. we rented two of those cameras we rented a 70 to 200 
uh, uh, lens. We rented mm-hmm. a 50 prime lens. We rented a uh, 35 to 75, I think it was back then. Mm-hmm. So, and we shot all day. Mm-hmm. I, yep. I was with the groomsmen, my girlfriend. That's how actually we met. We met in photography school. She, he was with, she was with uh, the brides and the bride, mm-hmm. the bride and the bridesmaids. And mm-hmm. I said, this is you. You take care of them. I take care of them. We'll meet you up in the, in the, in the ceremony. And then mm-hmm. from the ceremony, we're going to do AB. And I kind of had planned it out already. Well, this wedding was in November. November in California, the sun goes down much quicker. This wedding was mm-hmm. at uh, Green River Golf Course. Mm-hmm. And it was an outdoor wedding as far as the ceremony was. The, the, the yeah. reception was indoor. Well, mm-hmm. I had about maybe an hour and 15 minutes from the end of the ceremony to when they wanted us back inside to shoot everything, group pictures and the couple. Well, I spent so much time with the group pictures that I had literally maybe 20 to 30 minutes to shoot the couple. And mm-hmm. I said, screw it. I, we, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta off camera flash. Let's do this. Uh, you hold it up here and we'll just, and we had a, we had a reflector at that time. Mm-hmm. The problem was that the wedding planner or wedding organizer, whoever it was, they drove us in a golf course, like 10 minutes inside the golf course. So now mm-hmm. I'm losing all I'm thinking the, on the drive there, right there is we're losing, we're losing light. We're losing light. And I'm just like, <laughs> hey, can we just stop like here? Like here's fine. Yeah. It's it's, it's not gonna change the grass. Golf course. Yeah. It's trees and grass. Like it's what else did I like? That's well, thankfully I captured some good shots and I captured a nice silhouette shot of the couple and they loved it. They loved it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh phew. Of course they were friends. And yes, we still talk to them. So no, not that's a good time, <laughs> but I just like learned. I was like, "Holy!" I and then we did this, the the reception, all that stuff, and and that's when I said, "Man, that wedding took a toll on me." I, I'm six foot five, so mm-hmm. I'm not only tall, but trying to get low and get those low shots, or trying to get be under their sight line to try to, yep, so they're not looking up at you, type of thing. Yep, and it was. Much respect to the wedding photographers because I definitely <laughs> I could not do that. I said, and if anything, I'll stick to just portraiture. Let's just do yeah, portraits, and that's it. <laughs> it's, it's you know what it is. It's it's less controlled, like portraits. Just like what you're saying, Eddie. Like that, you can control where your lighting goes. You can take your time to set this up. You can you know do all that. Everything's more planned. Everything's more specific. With weddings, you have a timeline, and then you go. Well, the first step number one. Okay, we're good. Step number two, we're already late. That's basically how it goes. Every single wedding is going to be is on time. Absolutely. And as long as you're okay with that, you know, like we, this is what I tell my shooters all the time. I'm like, guys, you have eight hours, usually eight hours to get everything that you need. If you, as long as you get the first kiss, that's pretty much the only thing we can't really recreate. Right. But everything else, I'm like, generally speaking, you can pretty much recreate or at least get like one little photo of it. Like, you're going to have time. You're going to be all right. You know what I mean? You know what, what's required, what we what we need. And I never send them blindly. Our second photographers have a second photographer guide. They know exactly what photos we're looking for. And beyond that, be as creative as you want. Same thing with the lead. These are more or less the photos that we need, which are photos that you should be taking anyway, right? So 
Um, these are your guidelines. And then be creative after that. So we don't put that like, you know, really heavy pressure on ourselves. And I think having off camera lighting going off of what you said, we never panic if the lighting is going away because we always just set up some flashes. We'll be all right. That's why we always have an assistant. So remember at your, your brother's wedding, we had a third person that was always, you know, spreading the dress, you know, setting up the lights. I believe so that way it was you, it was the girl, it was the other mm -hmm. guy. And then of course the videographer was there as well. Yeah, Sergio, um, yeah. And I think, I don't remember if it was another person, but I remember there was the guy that was with the groomsmen and us of there. Yep. And then you were with the bridal party. Mm -hmm. And I think there was a female of second shooter, maybe? No, Caitlin was assisting at the time. So she had just joined us very recently. Okay. And then the second shooter, I think it might have been Nathan or Jeff. I'm trying to remember. I remember Caitlin because she was with me the entire day. Mm -hmm. But I'm trying to remember who the second photographer was. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it was a, it was a, uh, kind of taller, uh, white guy. Oh, you got to narrow it down more than that. Uh, <laughs> a little, a little, a little bit on the, a little bit on the bigger side, not, not bigger, well, but I'm not gonna, you know what? I'm not going to offend anybody. So I'm going to look him up. <laughs> I want to say Derek. Was Is it that... Derek? It might've been Derek. Let me see. There it is. There's the wedding. Everything's in my Google calendar, dude. I can't remember anything. No, it was uh, Nathan. Nathan, okay. Yep, okay. so Nathan was second shooting. And, you know, here's the thing also. The reason I don't remember who was shooting it is because they delivered. There was nothing about that wedding where I go, oh, they missed something. If they did, I would remember who yeah. exactly who that was. You know what I mean? I don't hold it against them, but I'll remember, like, you know, certain things. But um, if I don't remember anything, it was smooth. That's good. That's good. It, it says, uh, there's a saying, you know, even in any industry is, Either you remember somebody because of a bad problem, you typically, or you remember something because it was really, really that great. When Absolutely. you don't remember something, it's probably because they weren't much of a problem, so you don't have to worry about it. it was so that makes that makes sense. Exactly, um, and that's that's one thing I love about my team, dude. Like nowadays, when I'm not out there shooting because I'm not shooting every single one, I love that I don't have to think. Like Jeff was shooting a wedding for us on Friday, and I said this to him yesterday when he was helping me with a shoot. That I said, dude. That entire day, not once did it cross my mind. Let me check in on Jeff. Like, I knew you were going to be there early. I knew that everything was going to run smooth. And I knew even if it didn't, you were going to be able to handle those situations. And the couples, you know, already got their previews, they're happy. So, yeah, I'm very fortunate to have the team that we have. How big is your team right now? So, right now, we have 15 photographers. Um, that's not including me, so I guess 16. And then we have assistants who, you know, are, are also joining us who also want to eventually start shooting too. Um, that's also the thing. We don't hire people just to assist for the day or we don't hire photographers just for the day. Everybody on TNK Photo, if they're out there shooting for us, everybody's part of our team. We have a team chat that we always share information with each other. Um, you know, if, if uh, somebody shot a session, I always, almost, I try to do it. It's hard because there's so, so many, but um, I try to do like critiques of, of the shoots. And let them know, hey, in this situation, you could have done something a little bit better here. This could have been shot with a slightly tighter lens. Um, watch out for the background over here. And here's the thing, Eddie. I share that video that I record with the entire team. And I go, hey, guys, this is a, a wedding that Ryan shot. And I want you guys to check it out. Please take the time and watch it. Um, because through his mistakes, I want you guys to learn. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't offend anybody because they understand this is for the better of, of the team. And here's the beautiful part about this. Joseph, one of our photographers, 
I can tell that he watches every single one of those videos because his skill level went like this in a matter of a few months. Because I could see he's applying the that wants to hustle. Yep. He's going to be our, our lead, one of our lead shooters next year. He was second shooting this year, so 100%. So you kind of started talking about a little bit. I'm glad you did. TNK photo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know there's a background of it, and I and I hear you because I listen oh, to you guys' uh, your, your podcast with Scott. Um, but <laughs> the, there it is. And but, uh, so, I mean, go, let me, what, how did TNK? What the background of it? Why TNK? How did it come about? And what was the thought process with that? So, you know, it, it was more methodical than just being a goofball and just naming it after my after my dog. So there's the giveaway of what it's named after. It's named after Tank. More, more importantly, though, what is the dog breed? Oh, yes. Very important. He's a, a Chinese Sharpei. Um, I think I have a little statue. There he is. I'm going to grab it. Not knock anything over. So this is Tank right here. And there's a little statue of him. Not exactly him, but he looks very similar to this. Uh, he's my little Sharpay. He's 11 years old. Um, and we had him since he was a puppy. And when I was coming up with, it was me and, and Dominic. I remember one of, he's our web designer now. He does all our website and all that. And um, we were sitting in a, in a Panera. I still remember this. And we were like on our laptops going over things and we we're about to launch the company and I didn't have a name for it. I had a few photographers that were shooting for us. Um, but I'm like, what the heck are we going to name it? And I knew, Eddie, that I didn't want to name it anything after my name for good reason. If somebody hits up Elmer Escobar Photography, who do they want? Elmer Escobar. Right. So when they hit up TNK Photo, well, TNK Photo could be anybody. TNK Photo is just, it, it could be an acronym for something. You know what I mean? So me and Dominic were, were sitting there, we're like, what the hell do we name it? And we were trying to think, and I didn't want any goofy name, like some wedding name or anything. It just, I didn't want it to be that, I don't know, cliche, I guess. So I'm like, well, we talked about it. I'm like, well, I love Tank more than anything. You know what I mean? Like, that's my baby. So I said, screw it. Let's see if TNK Photo is available. So we searched TNK Photo on Google, because that was the first thing. More important than Instagram or social media. We wanted Google to make sure that nobody had TNK Photo. Um, uh, the, like the that. domain, the domain the is domain. that we talk- Okay, exactly. So um, we found out TNK Photo was free. I'm like, there we go. So we after that we announced it to the team. Hey guys, you're not shooting for TNK Photo. That's what we're naming it after. Obviously, because of the boy. <laughs> they were all cool with it. Obviously. And, and your dog's name is Tank, right? Tank. Yep. Tank. And you have a second puppy, right? Uh, Tiny. Got a little nut job. Yeah. If you can see them, where is it? In this one back here. There's a little bit of a glare, but. You can see Tank and Tiny back there a little bit. Um, and we got her about a year and a half ago, a year and eight months, something like that, because she just turned two. Um, also a Sharpay. I don't do it. We'll never, we're never going to get a different breed. Like, it's just, we love these goofy, you know, wrinkly dogs. Hey, they're adorable. I'm not going to lie. They're adorable. <laughs> they really are. It's a different, different. I mean, we're, we're definitely a dog family dog friendly family so we've had different breeds in our home boxers labs chocolate labs dachshunds uh, and before that i have no idea how many more they have had but <laughs> so i can totally agree with that um so then t- tnk so it is tnk photo then 
Yeah, yeah. So we, it's we make I made it like that, so it sounds like it's an acronym. You know what I mean? Because I like people that don't know us, like you know us now, and you follow you follow me on Instagram, so you see that I post Tank all the time. So people make the connection. But if somebody finds us on Google, they just go T and K photo, the number. You know, no, you know what I mean? Like they can start making up whatever they want. And then when I tell them, no, it's just named after my dog Tank, then it's like it's almost like it, it releases a little tension. They almost start laughing because they're like. It's ridiculous, but it's it's great. You know, anybody that loves dogs is going to understand why I did that. So you established TNK Photo, and now you make the announcement to your team, hey, we're TNK Photo. Now, obviously, you have to do a lot of marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Because now you are you are officially a brand and not just Elmer, the guy who does wedding photography with a team, right? Mm -hmm. How long? So, how long ago did you start TNK Photo? So that was 2015. 2015 okay, so we're kind of yeah. already in the means of where there's already social media, there's already mm -hmm. things like that. So, um, and how difficult was it for you to? Because now, now you have a second job. Now you are a marketing guy now too, right? Because now you have to yeah. market your brand. Or market the brand and mm -hmm. it's a representation because ultimately it is a representation of who you are because it is Absolutely. essentially your name right um how what was what was some of the challenges and and how did you overcome those challenges when you were doing marketing branding anything to do with advertisement and putting t and k photo out there i think the biggest hurdle to to jump over was as creatives we always feel like and i don't think i really have this too much but i think to some degree i do but we feel like we know exactly how to do things right and we like things done a certain way and that's there's a difference between being a creative person like that and being a business owner being a business owner means relinquishing a little bit of that control and understanding that they're going to do a good job that if i give a wedding for to to my team to edit that they're going to do a great job and I have to understand that, you know, maybe not in the beginning, it's going to take a little bit of coaching and it's going to take a little bit of, you know, going back and forth until you finally figure it out. But if you're going to ever become a business owner and not just self-employed, you have to relinquish some of that control. Otherwise, you're never going to get your time back. No. So I think that that was the biggest hurdle of, of saying, you know what, I can send somebody out there and they're going to do a great job and I have to be okay with, okay, they did it 5% differently than I would have done it. It doesn't make a difference. It could it could be beautiful, just a little bit different. You know what I mean? Um, that's why I always say that my most proud moment is when I send Andrew out or Sergio out or Caitlin or anybody out and they do a better version of the photo that I've already done. I go beautiful because that means we've stepped over to the other side where instead of, you know, hoping that they're going to do as good, they're doing better than me. And when I see that, I go tremendous because that's what I'm working for is eventually I physically can't show up to every single wedding. Even like the last two weekends, we had five events. How can I do five events if it's just one of me and there's only two days? You know what I mean? So like now I feel extremely confident with the team. So relinquishing control, I think, is the hardest part of being a business owner. The marketing, all that, you're going to do it anyway if you care about your business and if you're passionate about it. I'm very happy to share our work and share what we do. You know what I mean? And also not only that, Eddie, but also share how how we can be of service to you. 
because it's not about us. It's how can we provide a service to you that you you deem that is worth more than what you're paying. The moment that somebody feels like they're paying more than what they're getting, we're in trouble, right? So it's always that perceived value of they're getting more than what they're paying us. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably one of the hardest things to do, especially because it's it's it is your brand and your represent. It's like I said, ultimately, it's a representation of who you are, uh, one way or another. Whether if it's an assistant that does something, it's still a representation of who you are. Um, <clears throat> what is? I lost my train of thought. Wow. No, that's right. you I know had, I'll, I'll, had... I'll fill in a little bit on that. And that's the, the, that's why I'm so protective about who we hire, because I thought about this once and I'm like, yeah, I could probably excuse this behavior. You know, there's something that I, I kind of saw and, you know, met, made a mental note. But then I went, but why? Why am I going to excuse this behavior on this person who just came into the to try out for our team? But I wouldn't put up with this shit with Sergio. And he's been around for eight years and I wouldn't put up with this from Andrew and I wouldn't put up with this from anybody. So why am I going to put up with it with somebody that I don't really know them? They haven't paid their dues. And yet, you know, I, I wouldn't put up with it with somebody that is, is already part of our part of our team. On top of that, because I named it after Tank, I'm always extremely protective because I go, this is basic. This is my baby. You know what I mean? This is his name. This is Tank's name. Who cares about my name? dude? Like at the end of the day, this is Tank's name. I'm not going to let somebody come in and tarnish that. So that's why I'm also very protective about the brand. And I think that's kind of where you're you're talking about it is it is that protectiveness, but you're you're slowly letting go metaphorically the the leash. Yeah, uh, you know, there's you know, there's a saying in Spanish, está soltando la rienda poco a poco, you know, you're letting go of that leash little by little. You're still holding on to it, you know, it's still mm -hmm. a little, it's loose, it's a loose tag, mm -hmm. but you're still holding on to it, which is pretty cool, you know. I mean you know, ultimately, you you have to entrust your staff, your team, mm -hmm. to properly represent yourself and TNK Photo. Um, mm -hmm. And so that means that you said that was 2015? 2015, yeah. So now, yeah. eight years into this business, a little over eight years now, um, any hurdles? Any oh, there's hurdles. Yeah. <laughs> any hurdles with uh, the business side of it? Not necessarily you know, the, I would, the creative I would say side it, of it, more the business side of it. Yeah, exactly. The, the the creative side, I always say give our couples what they've seen before because that's our brand. So they, they bought what they've already seen, right? So if you go to our website, you go to our Instagram, I need us to deliver what they've already seen. Beyond that, be creative. Yesterday, there, there was a location that we shot and we've shot there at this point dozens of times. And yet there were two or three photos that I did that were completely different than I've ever shot there because there was certain angles that I did that were different, like completely different shots. And I was very proud of that because I go, you know, this couple got everything that we always give them and then some. So, you know, with, with our team, I always tell them the same thing, like, you know, give them what, what we've taught you. We've given you the basics. And then on top of that, I want you to be as creative as you possibly can and have fun. And, you know, what you were saying before about, um, kind of rel relinquishing control a little bit, the way that that happens is through trust. If I've sent Jeff out 10 times and the couple always, and this is a true story, the couple always responds with, he was amazing. 
He was thoughtful. He was very caring. The photos are amazing. And with him, he it uploads everything that night. Everything is organized. Um, you know, all those, he ticks all those marks. I go, well, Jeff is someone that I don't have to worry about anymore. And Jeff, I only met a year and a half ago. Like he very quickly has, you know, the, his trajectory went up really, really quick. Derek, same thing. You know, he's been with us longer, but he was always my example of how quickly you can get skilled at something um, because of how fast he, his trajectory was. And I, and, I, and I believe a lot of that is because, you know, you have a team that not only cares about the trade, but they trust the brand because it's 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 something that I've myself uh, believe that, you know, in, in theory, whether you're a, just a photographer or now or, or an assistant, you're still selling a brand. And absolutely. I don't think you can sell something if you don't believe in it. Um, you exactly. know, I, I did car sales and I hated it. Hated it. Didn't, didn't like it. I did. I did car sales for two weeks, and then I quit. And yeah. And it wasn't because I didn't know how to sell. It's just because I don't know how to sell something I don't believe in. I don't. I don't know anything about this car. I don't really care about this car. I don't care what it does. I don't care the mileage. I don't. I don't care. Now I'm in an industry where I don't do that, but I still sell things. I sell our service. I sell, mm -hmm. you know, our our brand, our software development, all these things. But because I believe in it. I have I have creative input in it. I can sell it, and I can see that with your photographers and your you know, your your shooters and your assistants. That that is probably why they can succeed at TNK Photo because you know they're devoted to the brand just as much as a brand is devoted to them. Yeah, exactly. And you going off of what you just said, also Eddie. There's a reason why T, why TNK Photo doesn't do video because exactly what you just said is not selling something that I don't like, it would be selling something that I don't really understand. And when you know, a couple asked us, do you guys do photo and video? I go, we don't do video. However, Sergio, who has been around with us since 2014, 2015, he does video. And what I would love for you to do is reach out to Sergio, he's going to give you all the information you could ever want about video. And any questions that you have about video, he's going to be able to answer them. Because I can sit here and I can BS you about video if I want to, if I want to make a few, you know, a few thousand every single time we shoot a wedding. Or I can send you to Sergio and he's going to make sure that you're taken care of. And to me, that feels like a more honest way of doing things than trying to sell you something that I don't understand. And I can try to BS you. And I can, but video is not my thing. I don't, I don't necessarily enjoy it. And I, I, that's why we don't do photo and video together. Um, because I, I'd rather, and Sergio's making a killing now. So <laughs> it worked out well for him because everything that comes to us, I just feed him. It is. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, that's good. And, and I think it's, 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 yeah. it's a great thing. I mean, no, and I, and I think, uh, um, was Sergio the same videographer at my brother's wedding? I believe so. I believe they hired him too. Yeah. Uh, yeah I yeah. believe yeah, yeah, yeah. because I remember talking to Irene and mm -hmm. she was excited. She's like, yeah, yeah, Elmer's, Elmer's really cool. Elmer's really cool. And the videographer is really cool. It's actually, uh, and she said, um, someone who he mentored. And I was like, yeah, oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. all right, that's yeah. cool. Okay, cool. So I um, was really excited. You know, I mean, I saw the engagement shoots that you did with them. So that was that was one, the first time I saw, you know, your, your work. I don't know if it was your work particularly or, so else, but the first time I saw TNK's work, mm -hmm. and I was excited. I was like, "Okay, cool. That's nice. His pictures are cool." Or you know, and and it was 
different than what your normal shoots are within your portfolio because those were very soft and subtle mm -hmm. and woodsy versus to your your probably 99% of your portfolio is um, off you know off camera flash you know uh, harsh lighting i know that harsh lighting has a negative connotation to it but it's like really hard light yeah. hard lighting there you go not mm -hmm. harsh lighting thank you for correcting mm -hmm. me on that no it's fine dude i don't take and, offense trust me <laughs> <laughs> and and, yeah. and they, but the thing is i love about it is it breaks everything they taught you in school because they mm -hmm. tell you not to do hard lighting they mm -hmm. teach you how to blend it and to get the shadows and all that stuff when i stopped doing that and I started looking at things and, I, and then I saw your work, to be honest, most recently, I was like, wait a minute, this is, this defies everything that, that they teach you in, in, in photography school and all together. <laughs> this is, I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, you, you can see that there's flash, like, mm -hmm. and then it's like, and then, and like parents, I like to say, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what? I'm like, and, and then I'm like, this is kind of cool. So. This is kind of my segue into a little bit of what what work that I've seen. I liked your your sessions with the cars at the. Uh, it looked like it was at the um, the parking lot of maybe one of the piers here in, in maybe some beach here. Beach. Yeah. Um, the the bus and a couple other cars. I think those were um, my favorite shots so far of what you've done. Um, because I'm a first time love cars and that's kind of where i started myself was doing a lot of car show photography so it kind of it kind of reminisced and i go how do you do that and then i started going okay let's see if i see light there light there all right okay he has two maybe three lights all right all right so uh those ones are are, are fantastic so i mean if and i'm they're all on your on your instagram and i if for those that are listening go check them out they really really are phenomenal because you got that sun setting in the background and that the what is it the twilight they call it you know whatever it's the magic hour the yeah. magic hour and it's not an hour though so it's you gotta <laughs> hurry up <laughs> the magic 15 minutes yeah yeah i, I mean let's let I me mean, if we can if, you, if it's okay with you I, what in a shot like that it, it it's not just okay put lights and then let's shoot what and was it, it, the legwork in that it's very, I'm glad that you said that because while I was shooting that, dude, I had a, a, a smile from ear to ear and because it was when I started photography in New York, that's what I started with was shooting cars. Also, um, one of my friends had a E39, um, a 540, a BMW. Um, another one of my friend's brothers, actually Dominic's brother, the one that does our website, his brother had a, a WRX STI. Um, like I was into cars, so like that's what I enjoyed shooting. And I remember look, everything's tying in together right now. I remember looking on Strobus on the Strobus flick, Flickr page. It was Flickr and it was Strobus. That was the, the thing. That was the group. And that I, was a little group. That page. was a group, exactly. Yeah, a subgroup. Yeah. And I remember seeing like off-camera lighting with cars. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever, but I didn't know how to do it. I kept getting like harsh light and it wasn't hitting right and it was lighting incorrectly and all this. And so back then it would take me like a freaking hour to set it up to make sure that it was correct. When I shot that truck that you're that you're referring to at Huntington Beach, dude, it took 30 seconds. I went and that's what that's what experience is. 
just like shooting a wedding. You know what I mean? Like I showed up to shoot the cars and I went boom, boom, angled it a little, angled it. And I remember in my brain, 2007 was popping up in my head of, you know, like I remember having to do this and running back, zooming in, doing some high speed sync, which I didn't do back in the day because I didn't know how to play with it. Click, good, dial it in, click, and it was good. And it was just um, like that, like 30 seconds versus 30 minutes that it used to take me to set up when I was starting out. And I'm just going to rewind really quick what you said about um, your brother's engagement session. I wanted to touch on that because the complete opposite of that, the hard light for the cars, right? Very hard light to make it look punchy and make it look like very contrasting. Since we did your brother's engagement session in the woods, I always use this rule that if we're shooting in the woods, it doesn't make sense to use synthetic lighting make you know what i'm saying like using studio lighting or whatever you want to call it in a wood setting we did a couple of those again to give them our brand like i mentioned we did those blue photos i remember but generally speaking we stuck with a very natural look because we're in a natural setting if we're shooting in a city we're going to use a lot more off-camera lighting if we're shooting in the woods we're going to go a lot more natural because you know it, it makes more sense it calls for that so going back to the cars, I don't think I put out any modifiers on. I think it was just straight on and it was just angled. So it didn't give me that specular, you know, light swirl. And that that was that was the shot recently, the one you did sometime in the night, last couple of months, right? Yeah, yeah. In Huntington so, Beach. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. How much of that is it? Because obviously, and I'm, we kind of we kind of you and I kind of were messaging back and forth a little bit. How much of that is is because of the change of technology, though? I mean, you're talking about New York uh, and the lights, and you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit. You know, I was kind of I mentioned I remember having to if I wanted to take off camera flash and go out and shoot in, the, in a park somewhere, I take my studio strobe on a, on a light stand, and then I what I need power. How am I going to get power? Oh. Here's this vagabond mini that costs five hundred dollars. That's gonna last mini. you for about a, yeah. <laughs> and that was that was the first one, the first vagabond that came in a carrying uh -huh. pouch. Then they mm -hmm. had a vagabond mini that came with the, like you can attach to the the stand itself. Mm -hmm. So now you don't need that, and These you kids. you like I remember kids, though. <laughs> I, I remember when to get even a wireless trigger, it was an arm and a leg. It was the most expensive thing. But you being in the industry for so long now, you've seen that probably from the very start. I mean, I mean, touch base on it more for yourself. I mean, you, you, how much has that technology changed, and how much did you have to adapt to it? Okay, so let's say it's two thousand six right now. And we want to start shooting with some off-camera lighting. Um, let's not take into account the light stand, that which is going to be like a hundred bucks. The little bracket that it goes on is going to be about twenty bucks, right? So we're we're, we're going to take it into account. We're already one hundred and twenty bucks deep without even any flash, right? So now we need, if we want to buy a new flash, Nikon was great. They had a lot of flash options or a good amount of flash options. So let's say you wanted to buy a new one. That's going to be three hundred for the flash, more on the low end, pretty much, maybe two fifty, three hundred. Okay, well, that's not enough because now you need a remote in order to fire it. So now you're going to buy a pocket wizard. That's going to be another 150 That's what it was, pocket wizard. Yep. <laughs> now you're going to hook that cord up to the to the um, flash and pray that the humidity in New York doesn't 
mess with with the cord. All right. So now you got that. 150 bucks for this, 250 to 300 for the flash, 120 for the whole light setup, the lighting, you know, the stand in the in the in the head. Okay. We're all done, right? No, we're not. Now we need another pocket wizard that goes on top of your camera. And now that's another 150 200 bucks to go on top of your camera. Okay. That's good. Now we're going to go shoot. We're on the field and you're about 40 feet away from your subject. You set your set up your flash where you want it to be. The pocket wizard's on. Luckily, there's no humidity, so everything's firing. Beautiful. You click, and it is way too freaking bright. Easy enough, right? Just turn down the power on the flash. You would think All right? so. You better get your running shoes on. You're going to run 40 feet, dial the thing back, and then run back if you don't have an assistant, and then hit. Okay. Okay. It's getting close. Run back, <laughs> change it again, come back, and take the photo. This is 2006, 2023. Now we're, we're going to fast forward. You're going to buy a remote. It's about 60 bucks on Amazon. Okay, now you got one remote. You don't need a remote for the flash. The flash already comes with a remote if you're using the same brand. If so you're you using the, I believe it's the, what is it? The Godox AD200. AD200, Alpha Delta 200. That's the one, exactly. That's the one that like we swear by, we've, Got hundreds of weddings with it. So you got it there? No, now you got to buy this bad boy. Yeah, exactly. The X-Pro. Exactly. Make sure you buy the one that's correct for your camera system. So you have the N for Nikon. So this is for Nikon. If you have the C, it's for uh, Canon. Canon. And if, it, yep. if and I think the Sony one, yep. does it have an S? Or it does? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you so you buy that little remote. It's about 60 bucks on Amazon. You buy an 8200 and oh sweet, we found it on sale. So it's 250 bucks. So we're talking about, you know, under 350, and you have a flash that will trigger, and then you also have a remote that will send the, the signal. Not only that, you can change the Everything. power from your remote, and you don't have to yell at anybody, you don't have to run anywhere. You literally change the power from here and you hit test and it's good to go. And the hit rate is way higher than it used to be with Pocket Wizards. Pocket Wizards, it would constantly not fire. But Elmer, what if we have a three-camera setup and we st we still have three eighty-two hundreds? How are we gonna do that oh. one? Oh, you you can have different groups exactly. So you have Group A, Group B, Group C. So with us, we always do Group A is their main one, and then Group B is always the backlight. So it's either gonna be a little hair light, it's gonna be a side light, it's gonna be something back there. And I'm see, I always try to be as, as thoughtful as possible so it's as easy as possible so even the cases that we put on our flashes a is always red which whatever because the, the color that we see the most and then the case that we put on the back one is blue so blue is b back b, everything with b you see what i'm saying so it's as easy as so if an assistant i go can you put b in the back which one's b the blue one the one that has b you know what i'm saying you just turn it yeah. on and it goes in the back um easy so reference it, easy it, reference. exactly so it's just it's gotten a lot easier. The the, I think the the entry into photography has gotten easier, um, but the basics as far as you know business goes, that part that that I think is a the hardest part and also the most important part. Because one thing that I always used to say is, you can be an amazing photographer, but if nobody knows about you, you're going to be a very broke photographer too. You can be, and I've seen the other side of the coin where you can be a mediocre and maybe not as talented photographer, but you're tremendous at getting your name out there. 
who do you think is going to be busier? The guy who's probably putting the, the legwork to get his brand out or her brand exactly. Out. So, so then our job at TNK Photo is to be talented, give you good customer service, and put our name out there as much as possible. That's the goal. And it's a balance that, you know, basically I work all day. I go to the gym and for the rest of the day I'm working. That's pretty much my life, Eddie. I have no life. So, <laughs> but whatever, dude, it's worth it, you know, because I, I know eventually I won't have to be shooting as much. Just like right now, I don't edit the weddings anymore. My team edits 90% of the weddings. I'll still take on one here and there if I see I have a little gap in my schedule. But that's the goal is to not just constantly be doing everything because you can't one person can't do everything there's no way that your brother would, would have gotten his photos back in a month if i was doing everything it's impossible it is i mean the one wedding i shot mm -hmm. we shot about collectively between the two of us so two cameras um you know she was in charge of shooting more of the macro stuff so more close-ups of the detail the cake the you know this you know the little things that no one really gets and i was more of like okay get the candy shots here's the here's here's grandpa who came from the other side of the, the country and here's so and so i kind of already knew what they wanted and who they wanted what yeah. was important to them we collectively took about almost twenty thousand photos <laughs> Twenty thousand photos between between um you know the setup of the you know groomsmen and and the, and the brides the bridal the bridal party and the and the, and the grooms whatever the both parties and yeah, then the, wedding party, the yeah. ceremony and then the 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 portrait of the group photos and then of course a couple photos and then of course the uh the actual reception and the, the main things they wanted done there so we took probably close to um Maybe over over exaggerating, but I want to say something was between fifteen and twenty thousand photos. You guys are wild. So then we then I <laughs> sat there, there, I sat yep. there and, and took them into bridge and started. Mm -hmm. This is this is far before I even really knew uh, was comfortable enough for Lightroom. But I took them into bridge and started giving them my rating. Okay, yes, no, 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 yes, no, no, uh, so on. Fifteen thousand times. So it's a lot of work. And, and, and that's what people don't understand is that that's the work. The shooting mm -hmm. is the fun part. Like, that's yeah. the enjoyable part. But you remember those two or three weeks where you were sitting and all you did was stare at a screen. I started their, their faces. And that's the point where I said, I don't want to look at your faces anymore, guys. <laughs> we got invited. We got invited to go uh, hang out with them. And I was like, hey, guys. They said, hey, um, you guys want to hang out? We're going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings. I said, look, I'm working on your photos. If you don't mind me stepping away from them, they're like, no, nah, don't worry about it. Come over. I'm like, okay, good. Cause I'm tired of staring at your faces, guys. I love you guys, <laughs> but tired of staring at your faces. You know, every inch of their faces now. <laughs> yes, I do. And it's like, mm -hmm. all right, I know he has that one mole right here. We can take care of that. Exactly. One. Yep. <laughs> but you know what? It was honestly a learning experience. And I definitely makes me appreciate the work that's being done. I know it's not for me. I had the patience for it, but I know mm -hmm. it's not for me. I know it was it was definitely not my stuff. I didn't. I couldn't. I felt like I couldn't control the environment too much. It was moving too rapidly, and mm -hmm. the, the, the things were changing too quickly. So I, my environment was drastically changing, and it was all right. Crap. Okay, that person moved now. Now I have to wait till the person looks back this way to take the photo. 
Well, now I'd have been like, just take 30 pictures and hopefully one of them is okay. <laughs> but, but you know, you know what, Eddie, that's that's a very good point as to why we don't throw our photographers into the deep end too quick. So if you're if you join our team, I don't care if you've shot 30, 50, 100 weddings, nine times out of 10, you're going to come and assist first. So you're going to come and assist. You're going to come and check out what we do. And then we're going to put you to second shoot because I want you to see the the pace that we have. I want you to see the way that we run things. I want you to see even the way that we speak to our couples, because the way that we speak to our couples is very different than some other photographers or videographers that I've seen. I speak to my couples very much like like you're my friend. That's why I remember even, you know, speaking with you at the wedding, like I remember speaking to people like like they're humans or like they're my friends. I don't speak to them like they're a client. You know what I mean? There's still that respect. But and I think I a lot of it, I'm sorry to interrupt. That's why I interject. Yeah, no, that's because you, you, you and your team are approachable, though. That's the the, the big thing about it. you're not there with a grumpy face and mm -hmm. and just okay. I need to shoot here. Leave me alone. Okay, you go that way. You come over here. You were engaging. You were hey, let's do this. Let's do that. How about this? How about that? Let's try it again. But I just wanted to interject with that part. That's that's the main reason is your your team was very approachable. You were very approachable. Your entire team. Thank you. And, and honestly, Eddie, that, that's what we look for, or that's what I look for when we hire somebody. I go, if I send Derek, I know he's going to throw out all the dad jokes that he has, and I love that about him. You know what I mean? With, uh, with Jeff, same thing. With Andrew, he has a very dry sense of humor. And like I understand that when I send them out, they're going to have fun with these couples, just like I would, with their own little flavor. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, they know that I'm hiring them also because of their personalities. Because I know that they're going to go out there and have fun. It's not going to be. I, I, I tell everybody is a prerequisite to shoot with us is you have to have fun. You can't just be here and feel like it's a job. If you feel like it's a job, we're, listen, we'll give you some editing. You can stay behind a computer because I, I want you to actually engage with our with everybody and, and actually have fun. Do your job. Obviously, make sure that everything that we need gets gets taken. But enjoy yourself. You know, it's it's a fun day. It shouldn't feel like 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 torture or like, if I don't get this, Elmer's going to get mad. No, dude, like I, if you didn't get a night shot, for example, there was a wedding that I think it was either Derek or Jeff that shot it. And he sent me a text at the end of the night. He's like, Hey, you know, Elmer, we weren't able to get a night shot. They just wanted a party. They were, you know, they were tired of photos. I didn't want to bother them again. And I go, yeah, dude, totally fine. Because I can see you read their energy and you use social intelligence and you went, if I pull them away, they're not going to be happy. They'll they'll be more happy here dancing with their friends. And that's what I, I want people to use your brain and read the room. You know what I mean? I think that's a big thing because, I mean, I, th I hear you guys talking about it. Um, I think I, I hear you talk about it a lot. Um, being able to, you know, you got the main shots. No problem. These extra shots are more of like, here's a little more sprinkle to your package. And, mm -hmm. but they're not needed. Um uh, do you want to pull them away from the environment they're in? They're dancing on the dance floor. They're hanging out with the the tío, the tía that's came from you know, you know, Timbuktu, you mm -hmm. know. Or do you you want to just let them enjoy that? And you know what? They got the main shot. They're gonna be happy. They're gonna remember that dance rather than remembering the fact that they got pulled away from that dance to go take a photo. And I exactly think right. You say you. I hear you say it time and time again. And multiple of the episodes you guys talk about, so it's a, and it's a very um, uh, respectable 
and you know very cognitive of your surroundings of you guys because that's very important and i think actually better word you use really good reading the room and that's a big that's that's a skill that you can't teach though that's a skill you 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 have to learn exactly and that's why there are certain photographers on my team that i go i know they got it they got that little thing that you need to be a lead photographer because for example we got uh uh, recently we got a five-star review from this bride and you know what made me the happiest about the review not she did not that she mentioned the photos that we took she mentioned that we stopped taking photos during a certain portion because she was feeling overwhelmed and she she wrote this in the review she said they noticed that i was overwhelmed so instead of forcing a photo they let me get ready at my own pace and once i was ready i came out and we continued taking photos after that if that's, that's we didn't awesome. know, do and that made me proud where i went yes like it's as a photography studio you should be upset that the, the thing that she's happy about is that you didn't take photos but to me i go that that's what it's about it's making sure that they're happy we're here to take photos but customer service is the first thing that we're there for the photos we're going to get them you know what i mean like that we're professionals we should be able to do that but being able to make sure that they're happy that's that's the goal and i think you mentioned a lot in this our conversation was a lot of your uh, mentorship and how you've mentored many uh assistants who have now become you know second shooters who have now become the first shooter you know what sort of advice do you give or would you give to uh, someone who is thinking of going into the photography industry? It's one big piece is I always say mind the source. So if I go and I assist for a wedding photographer and his viewpoint of wedding photography is it's oversaturated. Everyone's a photographer. There's no work out here. Clients don't want to pay anything. What do you think my perception of photography is going to be? The same the as same what thing. I'm being fed. So one thing that I always say is is really crucial is find somebody that you you admire where they where they are, or at least you want to emulate where they are, and go and pick their brain. It doesn't have to be me. It could be somebody else. You know what I mean? Like it could be anybody. If you like what they're doing, and they're going to give you a positive response as to what photography is that's that's what your blueprint is going to be so my mentor was tremendous when it came to lighting he knew very classic lighting so the harsh lighting that i do he he wasn't a big fan of it but that's when i branched off and and found my my own voice right but i understand what he taught and i understood and he was also very much about making sure that people were happy and and the customers it wasn't his studio he was a manager but he was very much about customer service and making sure he was respectful and making sure that everybody knew what they needed to do. Um, so I think the biggest thing is finding the right source to learn from. And sometimes it could be YouTube. Sometimes it could be a YouTuber that you find. And that could be somebody that you can learn from. Um, but somebody getting into it, your perception will be dictated by who you listen to. And I think nowadays it's, you know, it's, um, YouTube being so, I mean, broad with so many different YouTube. You you can literally look up 
how to shoot in a park with cloudy and only one flash. That's how specific you can be. And here's the video. Here's how to do it. Here's what you here's put your camera settings. Here's what to put your, your flash settings and boom. I yep. wish I had and that 10 years ago, 12 years you're, ago. You're preaching, to the, <laughs> you're preaching to the choir right now. I used to say this all the time to our photographers coming in. I'm like, whatever question you have, and our editors, we talk about this all the time. Whatever question you have, Google exactly the question that you have in your mind. Boom, 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 boom. Somebody has asked it and somebody has posted a video about it. So whatever question, you, just type it in. Somebody somebody will, will have that answer for you. We didn't have that luxury when we started out. No, not at all. And I think one of the things I've been seeing a lot, um, so I'm, I'm part of a couple groups on Facebook. One particular group is about people in the photography trying to, essentially it's supposed to be for business. However, I see a lot of posts that say something to the effect of, hey guys, I just bought this nice little camera. Uh, how do I use it? Um, hey guys, I have this, you know, Canon uh, teeth. I don't even know the Canons anymore. It's been so mm -hmm. long. I've been out of the industry, but how do I use it? What do I, what do, what am I doing wrong? I get this one spot on my lens. What's wrong with it? I mean, once one spot on my picture on all my pictures, you know, um, and I, I merely go, you have the World Wide web is your biggest tool. Mm -hmm. It's the biggest tool. Um, I wish I, I wish there was more of that. Back when I started, when we started probably photography, a lot of the, a lot of the videos on YouTube were camera reviews. You know, right. uh, you know, a lot of the camera. I mean, God, man, I'm talking about my first DSLR was probably the Nikon D60. You know, and that was a very amateur camera, very, very amateur camera. Um, and I remember the D90 had just come out and it was the first camera the Nikon series to introduce uh, video, but it was limited video. You could only shoot like I like either minute or 30 seconds or something. I forget what it was. And I think I want to say it did have external jack for for microphone, but I don't remember. Um, but then you learn more things. And I mean, I honestly, Google was my friend. I learned everything about my camera, how to do it. I was always trying to push the limits of my camera. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think one of the things I told you, like, I'm sure this this is being recorded right now on a Sony X a, a 6100. And I literally it's just the regular lens kit that it came with. And I found out that they had Sony had a webcam plugin that you can download. And I was like, what? Heck yeah. <laughs> and I started using it. Now that's the only thing I use. And it's like, awesome. I use it. Um, but I think that's the greatest thing. And I think, you know, what you said earlier is, um, you know, whomever you're, you're attaching to learn the knowledge, you're going to learn everything that person, even their, their, even their feelings. So they're exactly. you know the, the good the bad of it um you know you're gonna leech everything from it i don't mean leech in a bad way i mean leech as in you're gonna suck everything that they tell you and you're and then you're gonna learn you know your own style hopefully later on um exactly so it's, it's important who you're gonna be you're gonna be a sponge what you're gonna be absorbing because you know even with my mentor i think that as far as the business side and as far as like because I'm younger, obviously, you know, he was when I met him, he was a little bit older than what I am right now. And that was when I was 22. So his, you know, view of the world was a little bit different. He's not going to take as many risks. Right. Um, so for me, I was like, oh, yeah, I can pack my stuff, move across the country, start a company, do all this. 
it didn't seem like anything that, you know, I didn't, I don't have kids still, you know, he already had kids at the time. So there was only so much that I, I was going to learn from him. And that point, there was a little extra that I had to go off and do on my own, you know, reading, um, reaching out to other people and learning about making your own brand and stuff like that. So he gave me a great baseline. And then after that, I had to take it from there and, and go a little further on my own. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of a, my my photography professor in college. I went to uh, Santa Ana College and I mm -hmm. took a, I took a uh, my first class beginning photography, which, as you know, I'm sure it was the same thing. There was black and white film photography. That's that's how they always start you off. At least out here, I'm not sure how they started you off out there, but same <clears> over there. <throat> yeah, I had to learn this thing ins and outs, right? Um, I. Uh, I was, this is probably, God, 2009, I want to say. And I actually was, I had to leave. I had to leave. I had to leave. I had to go back to, I had to go back to Mexico. I had a cousin who had passed away and I had emailed my professor. Hey, I'm sorry to cut short. I had to leave. And he said, uh, okay, no worries. Sign up next year. Sign up next semester. And I kind of felt mm -hmm. like disrespected at first, but I was like, why is he going to give me a handout? Like, I still have to go back right. and learn the rest of the stuff. So I registered for his class, his class again, took his class again, again. I already knew everything from weeks one through weeks. It was a 16-week course. So weeks one through weeks, probably like 12. So I already knew everything. So everything he was like, he kept stopping me and said, Eddie, don't answer. Eddie, don't answer. Eddie, don't answer. <laughs> um, and I learned a lot of my um, black and white film photography anal retentiveness from him. Um, mm -hmm. And I thank him for doing that. Um, and then I continued to take photography classes because of him. I took, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> God, man, took digital photography. I took commercial photography. I took the zone system class. That's the Ansel Adam technique. Um, I mean, we took that class and god knows we even invested in a spot meter oh wow so we have a spot meter and because you essentially in the zone system you uh you expose for the midtones um you want that seven range of the gray and the grays um he was awesome enough to where in my uh, god what, what class was it end of my beginning photography club no my zone system class he actually gifted me um this twin lens camera i have here uh mamiya c330 see i never uh, played with those <laughs> and yeah i love it i still i still i mean i think i have film in here i do i have film here so it's been mm. sitting there though for a while though. So God knows how much elements have been brought to it from heat and, all that and what's in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I felt, I was like, Oh, at first I read I said, no, thank you. No, thank you. And he said, no, 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 don't worry. It's something's busted. You're going to have to go get it fixed, but here's a camera. Yeah. Got it fixed, fell in love with it. I mean, I still shoot it. I mean, I, th I think, yeah, I even have film in this camera. I have film in that <laughs> camera. Um, but I think it's good. I think where my, I think me personally, 
I believe maybe you should go at least get the generic basis in, of class. Even if it's not a college class, go get mm-hmm. like at one of those recreational courses at like the adult education centers that some of them have it. Learn the basics, learn your aperture, learn your shutter speed, learn your ISO, mm-hmm. learn what those do and how those affect each other. I mean, I mean am I, I agree with you because in a class, you're actually going to be forced to, to learn it, where if we tell you to go and Google it, most people won't, you know? Yeah. So I do have another question for you. Um, what's more important, the lens or the camera body? Oh, that's easy. That, very easy. The lens. Yeah, absolutely. Because, for example, I'm shooting this with the a7 III, which is my backup camera. The A9 is what I use for, um, you know, for everything that that I do for work. But if you if you give me a crappy lens, I don't care if you put it on either camera, it's not going to give you the same quality as if you put a good lens on either the A7 or the A9. Um, so yeah, the lens and the lens also you can um, transfer it over to your next camera. So when the A9 Mark III comes out. I'll go and upgrade to that one, and then I'll, I'll keep all the lenses that I have, and it'll transfer over to that. So a good lens is going to go a lot further than a good camera body. So what I always say is get, like for me, I would if I were to recommend a camera to somebody that wants a full-frame camera, I would probably say get like the A7, A7 III. Go and get it used. You'll probably get it for like a 1000 bucks, which is pretty much what I got this one for. Um, and then just invest in, in good lenses. Like a Sony, no, no, Tamron 35 to 150. 35 to 150. That thing is, dude, <laughs> I shoot easily, easily. I shoot 90% of the day in that lens. It's just see, the, the, uh-huh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just, the range is ridiculous. If you told me in 2006, when I started shooting, that there was going to be a lens that goes from 35 millimeter to 150 millimeter, and it's an F2 to 2.8, I'd be like, get the hell out of here. Because at the t- at the at that time there wasn't really anything that was the, even until the, it came out there wasn't anything like it. You needed you needed your fifty millimeter. If not, mm-hmm. you had to have at least uh, I think for me they told me uh, an eighty five millimeter. Then you needed a, if you wanted some sort of depth and feel you needed a thirty five to seventy, and if not that you needed a seventy to hundred. Mm-hmm. But they always exactly. said you got to have a prime lens. You got to have if you're gonna have a prime lens. And for those listening, prime means that it there's no zoom. It's just it's just mm-hmm. that's all it is. Eighty five millimeter, and that's it. You can't zoom in. You can't zoom out. That's what it is. It's just like a you. But you're looking through the lens. That's what you're gonna look. Through. That's what you're gonna get. Um, and that's why I never use uh, I never use primes. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. <laughs> they were and in college, that's that's the thing they they were harping at. You have to have a prime lens. Here's what your back should have. If you're gonna be shooting commercially, here's what your back should have. And now mm-hmm. hearing you guys talking about it, because I hear you and Scott talk about it a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it got to a point that Scott went from Canon back to Sony. I mean, because of that lens, because of that lens. And I, and, I, yeah. and, I, and I was like, wait a minute, 35 to 150, the things you can do nowadays with just that one lens. Yeah. What you want to you want a little bit of wider shot? No problem. Here we go. You want to yep. you want a little close up? Well, OK, no problem. Here we go. Let's zoom in. It's just, I, it's stupid. It is really like the, the versatility and, and more importantly, like, you know, not even geeking out. It's the moments that you're able to capture with it because it gives you such a range is so much better. On top of that, with our cameras, with mirrorless cameras, you can shoot in silent shutter. So I can literally go like this 
and there's no noise. You have no idea that we're taking the photo. I could be taking a very close up of the bride holding onto grandma's hand, and I'm just getting a close up of the hands with that lens being 15 feet away, making absolutely no noise. And I never knew we took that photo until we deliver it later. And so, that's a videographer's dream right there. The videographer probably thanks you for that. Dude, I, I, I do this. I'm very, very aware of who we're, who we're working with, whether it's Sergio's team or it's a different video team. I always shut it, put it into silent mode whenever I can. And if I'm going to use flash, I let them know, hey, let me get the shot first with flash. Then I'm going to shut it off and you can get your shot so you don't get any flickering. I try to be as understanding that they got to get a good shot as much as we we need to. Um, and that always helps the day go by a lot smoother unless you deal with someone who's just socially inept, which happens sometimes. But, you know, then you got to be the adult. You know what I mean? That's that's all you can do. Equipment haves and have nots. And by that, I mean, what must you have and what you should stay the hell away from? I would say I'm going to lean more on the positive side with things that you should have. If you're going to shoot a wedding, if you're going to shoot something that's not going to happen again, or just in general, I think anyway, always shoot with a camera with two card slots. If I'm going to get in an airplane, I'm not getting into one with one engine. I need both. In case one goes down, the other one's going to be backing it up. And that's exactly what backing up means on, on a camera. You take a photo and it sends it to two cameras, uh, to two, I'm sorry, two memory cards. If one of those memory cards get, gets corrupt, if you lose that memory card, if whatever happens, you have two backups. So you have, you know, your main and your, and your backup um, card. To me, that's the biggest must have. Um, buy as many memory cards as, as you possibly can. I probably have a good 70 memory cards because I don't want to write onto a memory card until that wedding's been delivered. So for about four or five weeks, I won't write anything onto that card until it's been delivered. And on top of this, Eddie, I've already backed it up on my computer. It's already been backed up to the second photographer's uh, computer. And it's probably already backed up into our editor's computer. So it's already backed up into three different places. But I still won't delete it until it's been delivered because I'm that, that paranoid. That's that peace of mind, though. It's, it's understandable. I mean, you know how many times I've seen on those blogs about someone saying, I upload all my pictures and now I don't have them. They all say they're corrupted and yada, yada, yada. Yep. And the first question, the first comment I always see from any photographer commenting on that is, did you have a backup inside there? What kind yeah. of camera did you have? And it's like, oh, no, I only had the, I don't know, the Canon T3i or whatever it is. I don't know yep. what, what it is, but which is a single card slot camera. And I think that is probably the most probably the hardest thing I've, I've seen it's it's nothing you can say to make them even feel good There's about nothing it you can do if it's corrupt it's corrupt it's gone and that's why anybody that shoots for us we don't allow anybody to shoot for us unless they have the two card slot camera that's a prerequisite and that that there's no negotiations i mean especially if they're shooting in, in a full frame camera i mean that's mm -hmm. probably the most common thing to have in a full frame camera nowadays well that's why i um that's why I ran away from Nikon, Eddie, because the first mirrorless that they came out with had one slot. And I go, what the hell are you guys doing? Are you trying to appeal to the professional or, or what? You know what I mean? Like it made absolutely zero sense to me. And that's why I left Nikon after 14 years, because I'm like, I want to jump on the mirrorless system, but it's not going to be Nikon. 
That's so you did shoot at one point with Nikon mirrorless or never Ooh, even just never. No, no, no. Okay. Because no. I, I couldn't take that chance. I couldn't take a chance because when they first came out with the mirrorless, they only came out with one slot. And I was I go, like, is that their Z series or something like that? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm something like, I forget. What the hell are you guys thinking? Like, I and I, I couldn't wait anymore. I'm like, I, I had already put like five or 600,000 photos on my D850. I'm like, it's time to upgrade. I can't keep shooting on this thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I, I switched over to Sony and no regrets. It's been it's been very smooth. I'm I, I'm trying to find a photo that one of your I don't know if it was one of your photographers, but I can't find it. I we post love it. A it's a picture of my, it's a photo of my daughter. It's a photo of my daughter oh, and exactly which one, on the dance floor. Yes, I know yes. exactly what you're talking about. Yep. My daughter was having a blast on that thing, and she was just like, "I was like, oh, that was a great photo. Like, I loved it. And like, cause like, it was like, she caught her right. Whomever the photographer was, got her right as she was, um, like dropping it hot. I guess. Is yeah, it was cool the energy. Is? She was just down low. <laughs> yep, yep. And I was just like, oh man, that's that. Oh, let's see if I can capture the camera. will capture it a little bit. Yep, I knew exactly which one. <laughs> probably one of my favorite pictures to be honest it's just That's a good awesome, scene man. you know the daughter my daughter there and because she was excited she was probably just excited as the as everyone else for uncle and auntie to get married so um um and she's only going to be that size once yeah you know what i mean like that's one thing that, that we we talk about all the time when it comes to kids is they grow up very very quick and i think that the older that we get the more that we see that you know what i mean like i i remember seeing my cousins you know what i mean they were kids now they're 27 year old men you know what i mean like to me it's like it, it's crazy how quickly that that sneaks up on you so i think as we've gotten older i've realized a lot more um how important those things are so it makes me really happy man that that, that like i can see you light up talking about that that moment it was just like i saw i think i preview about i think i saw a preview of it first and then like mm -hmm. later on when the the full thing was taken i was like Everyone's like, look, 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 here's this photo. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, let's do what's it. And then I, I just was like, all right, cool. Um, another one I liked, it was just things I remember. It was uh, probably the photo of me giving my best man speech. Uh, mm -hmm. That was a good, it was very captured perfectly. I think the framing was just phenomenal. The lighting was just, I mean, obviously the vintage rose background, you know, the whole venue was probably, you know, added to that whole effect as well. But um, I guess what I'm trying to say is you had a good, a good team, good team, good things, good, great things. Um, anything you want to add about must haves uh, other than a tool, dual slot, dual, dual uh, memory cards and a ton of, and a ton of batteries. That's really like, you know, the lenses, like for what you're doing, I can't tell you, you as in the audience, I can't tell you exactly what lens to get because it depends on what you enjoy shooting or what you do for a living. That's what's going to dictate what lens you should be using. Uh, but as far as like the basics for us, I always say is a ton of batteries. Make sure that they're charged and, you know, have dual card slots. So the worst thing that could ever happen doesn't happen to you. Uh, beyond that, I mean, it really is more specific as to what your style is, what lens you use, what lighting you use and all that stuff. Uh, any tips, tools of trade, tips uh, for the people who want to get into, let's say, wedding photography? What should they learn as far as uh, 
not necessarily the business side, but maybe what should they learn as far as keeping themselves organized and uh, do's and don'ts of the wedding photography side? Uh, damn, there's so much, dude. But like, I think one thing that we're, we're very big on is, is organizing everything is a separate folder. So there's the way that we organize things is the year, you know, 2023, the month, September, and the day, and then we or we give it a description. So it'll be, you know, Celine and Filbert wedding. And then in there is going to be the raw photos in a catalog specifically for that wedding or that event or whatever it is. Keeping that organization is going to is going to save you, you know, your is going to keep your sanity, because if you need to look up a wedding that you shot three years ago and you need to find a very specific photo, I mean, they're all backed up into our um, delivery gallery. But if for some reason you got to go and find it again, knowing that, OK, now I can look at 2020, you know, September 3rd. And there's their wedding. Boom. It's just so much easier. So keeping that organization early on, instead of just having it just randomly in your computer, before you know it, you're going to have hundreds of different jobs in there. So you got to make sure that you're organized enough to be able to find them. Uh, I think that's a good, because I think once you start to just start popping things in folders, then you go, oh, what, which folder did I put that in? And, yep. and is that this folder? And then you start clicking folders and you go, no, it's not in that. And then trying to go back and you're like, wait, did I click this folder already? I, yep. I'm telling you from personal experience. I, I kind of, I kind of <laughs> got that. <laughs> um, dude, we all start out like that, you know, and then we realize, oh, sh like there's a lot of things to get. So right now, yeah. if I, and I've been doing this since like 2008, like organizing them like that because before that the first two years i wasn't so if you, if i wanted to go and find what i did in 2008 in december i'm able to find exactly that within you know, it would take me a few minutes because i got to plug in the drive but yeah it's that's the easy way of organizing everything awesome and as far as tnk photo um are you let me rephrase the question are you are you where you wanted to be as far as the business side of it? Are you you looking back to when you started in 2015 to where you're at now, eight years forward? Let me rephrase that. Mm -hmm. Did you think you were going to be where you are now? See, the 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 thing becomes that I think, honestly, we're just at the beginning. Like, I don't see like, oh, we're doing great. Like, we're doing well, you know. But I look at this as this is just the beginning of the next phase also, um, which is like I said, the next phase. And I keep saying this is that I I'm not going to be shooting every single weekend. I'm not going to be doing this every single weekend. Um, I'm going to have our team shooting. And that's why I'm building the teams. But I, I look at it right now as the very beginning of TNK photo really expanding because this year, 2022, 2021 were the first years where we were sending out teams like, you know, on multiple dates like a, a lot more than ever um 2020 was going to be our best year but something happened that year i don't know if you remember uh corona <laughs> well yes so that kind of derailed things um but uh because that was going to be our best year 2019 was our best year and everything progressively was growing and then that just kind of shut everything down and then it started coming right back up and now it's 2023 has been our best year so far how was how was it you know from obviously everything got canceled 2020 how was it trying to rebuild from 2020 to when it started to open up because we had that 
we had those those phases where it was we're open no we're close we're open fake out no, we're close so yeah how how difficult or what challenges did you guys experience when with during those mostly i guess because we didn't really fully open until probably like july of last year probably yeah so so from june 20 june march of 2020 to we'll call it july of 2022 mm -hmm. how difficult or what challenges did you see trying to get the tnk up back so i saw it as opportunity because the way that i looked at it is when the tide came out it exposed everybody that wasn't running their businesses lean and eddie i wear the same t-shirt every single day i'm not a flashy person so when i when you know the tide came out i go i can live off of 20 percent of what i mean i've done it in the past you know what i mean like i don't i'm not a fancy flashy person um i, I love working and i love you know what i do and I, all that but if i need to scale back it, it wasn't a big deal so that part was okay what i looked as far as the op and we actually end did end up shooting quite a bit like um outside like families and graduations and all that it was still going on it's just weddings were shut down um but then the opportunity that i was seeing is okay well we have teams so when things reopen there's going to be overlapping weddings where hey listen i can't personally be at your wedding because i've already been rescheduled from another bride and now i have to take on this one However, we have a whole team and they're going to be able to take care of you. And that happened multiple times. And so that's why 2022 was such a profitable year because it had shoved everything over from the previous years. And my team was out there shooting with me. So they were out there shooting this one. I was out there shooting this one. And we were just tackling everything together. So it became more of an opportunity. So 2020 and 2021, even though we weren't meeting in person, we were still doing training. We were still talking. The team was still engaging with each other. Hey, check this out. You know, check out this new piece of gear. Check out um, this new bit of lighting. Check this. And that's how we kept sharp. So when we went back into it, we weren't rusty. It was just like riding a bike right back to it. And and I think that's kind of where you're, you're going. You kind of touched base on my next part, which was going to be where do you want to be in the next couple of years? And that's kind of where you want to be more on the business overseeing and managing and, man and the reason for that honestly Eddie, is because if i'm out there shooting every single weekend three days a week on the weekends full days where i can't really respond to emails where i can't really send out the all the insurance forms that need to be sent out where i can't send out the the business will start start to struggle because i'm not being able to be on top of everything and yes i could hire somebody to do that but why hire somebody to do that when I can hire somebody to do, well, I don't need to hire anybody to do the shooting. We already have them. I can have them go out and do that. And I can make sure that we stay on top of everything on the other side with email. You want to stick to the logistics side of the business rather than the creative side of the business moving forward. That's exactly. your ultimate goal. Exactly. Um, I guess that's where you should have maybe stepped at the business school and <laughs> yeah. maybe, I have, maybe I should have stuck a little longer on that one. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just kidding. Whoops. I just want to throw that out. <laughs> No, I think that's great. I think that's great. I think I think I can see that in the future for you guys for sure. I mean TNK photo, I mean, uh it's it seems like it's a growing aspect. It's it sucks that, you know, we had the COVID nineteen, you know, the only the two weeks that we had it for, right? Um that oh, yes. uh, turned yeah. into almost to over two years so yeah basically and it, and it's a challenge you know un, un, unfortunately fortunately i guess for, for me i 
I kept working. My industry had nothing. My industry stopped working. I work in, in the security field, so it was still my nine to five going to the office, dealing with everything. Right. Yeah. Actually, I, I, I became mean, a COVID expert. Actually, I was a COVID yeah. guy. Oh, hey, I got COVID. What do I do? Okay, where did the symptoms start? Okay, back to it was just pain in the butt. I hated it, yeah. but I know it, and it's, it happens in it. Um, I was going to say something I forgot now. Uh, <laughs> goodness gracious, we touched on COVID, we touched on the difficulties, but um, and, and then oh yeah, so we expect Elmer to be the the business side, the logistics side. So when we when you can speak to your clients they're speaking to elmer they're not speaking yeah. to someone else they're speaking to elmer they're speaking to the 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 main the main guy el mero mero el jefe well the one that's going to care the most about this guy you yeah. know what i mean about about the company like i'm, I'm no one's going to care as i always say this no one's going to care as much about your company as as you will so if i can get somebody to care 80 percent as much i'm happy I, I don't expect anybody on the team to care as much about our company as, as I do. You know, I mean? luckily, the team that I have, they, they care like a mother effort more than I would ever expect them, anybody to. And that makes me very proud. But um, I think that that's why me staying behind the scenes and, and doing more of the logistical side makes the most sense. I think it does, too. I think and you said it right. It's your brand and you are. Uh, no one's going to care more because you have everything riding on that brand. That is mm -hmm. your best brand. You know, I'm not saying they would, but you know, your, your, your team could very well go, eh, you know, what, Elmer, I'm going to go my own way and that's it. And, and they're they can go anywhere stuff. they want. And then, yeah, but you got T and K and you got your blood, sweat, and more than likely some tears in there too. <laughs> I try not to, but <laughs> frustrations, let's say. Frustrations, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day. I know it is very, very busy for you. I appreciate you doing this with me. Um, I, I thought I was only gonna go for about an hour, but I'm I do love it <laughs> when it goes longer. I really, really do. I, I just I didn't want to seem like I was taking much of your time, but um, where can anyone interested find tnk photo um so first i'm gonna say dude thank you for you know putting this together and taking time out of your day too man because I, I understand we all have a limited amount of time so um i appreciate that i hope i didn't ramble for too much <laughs> but um people can find us uh our instagram is probably the the best way um which is tnkphoto.com spelled out like that um because some asshole <laughs> took tnk photo posted one photo in 2014 never post it again. I sent him a message and I said, I'll pay you and let me have this, this name. Never got a response. So uh, just tnkphoto.com, spelled out like that on Instagram. Um, or just go to our website, tnkphoto, and you're going to find every single link on there for all of our social media. Um, like you were saying, every single email that gets sent, I respond to personally. Every single DM on Instagram, I respond to. Um, I'm very hands-on when it comes to you know speaking with our either potential couples potential people that are going to join our team or just if you have a question dude i've had photographers reach out to me and i've recorded a video showing them exactly what you know their their answer was or what their question you know that they asked so yeah i'm always an open book i'm always happy to help any way i can 
And other than uh, just weddings and uh, engagement sessions, uh, anything else your team does? Oh, yeah. We do families all the time. We do maternity sessions all the time. So we follow the progression of our couples, basically, from engagement to wedding to maternity. We don't really do newborns too much, but we'll do like a family session, you know, and they come with their baby and stuff like that. Um, so pretty much all throughout the range, any events, events are easy because it's basically just a wedding without a ceremony. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, almost anything. And here's the beautiful thing and honest thing about me is that if we can't service that or it's beyond our scope of what we do, I'm always honest. And I say we can't do it, but here's somebody that can. I'm not a greedy person where I need to take on everything. I've done that before where I go, nah, I don't really do that. But here's somebody that I know that does an amazing job and they're going to take care of you. That's awesome. Elmer, thank you so much for your time. I really Absolutely. do appreciate it. It was good talking to you. I know we were messaging probably 98% 90 of our conversation. <laughs> so it's nice to actually have a conversation with you. I learned a lot from you and I'm hope that everyone else listening learns as much as I did. Um, and again, if you guys want to learn more about photography, check out YouTube, check out all those tools. Um, and then, I mean, just go out there and learn. Try it. Uh, Dual camera, dual SD slot. Yes. Dual yeah, don't slot. be shooting on one. Don't be. Don't go flying with one engine. <laughs> All right, Elmer. Thank you much, so much for your time, man. I really do appreciate right. it. Have a great night, man. Thanks for checking out this episode of On the Mic with Eddie. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Ooh.